some more white liberals came along with the 13th, 14th, and 5th Amendments, which were, which were supposed to solve the race problem. The problem is still here. Uh, nine years ago, nine more white liberals, so-called, came up with what they call a Supreme Court desegregation decision, and the problem is still here. And then another white man named Kennedy came along running for president and told Negroes what all he was going to do for them if they voted for him, and they voted for him, 80%. He's been in office now for three years, and the problem is still here. When the police dogs were biting uh, black women and black children and black babies in Birmingham, Alabama, that Kennedy talked about what he couldn't do because no federal law had been in, uh, violated. And as soon as the Negroes exploded and began to protect themselves and got the best of the crackers in Birmingham, then Kennedy sent for the troops. And there was no law. He, uh, he, used, he didn't have any new law. When he sent for the troops when the Negroes erupted, than he had at the time when whites were erupting. So we are within our rights and with justice, with justification, when we uh, express doubt concerning the ability of the white man to solve our problem, and also when we express doubt concerning his integrity, concerning his, his sincerity. Because you will have to confess that the problem has been around here for a long time, and whites have been saying the same thing about it for the past hundred years, and there's no nearer a solution today than it was a hundred years ago. Uh, and we're back. Part two. Part two. Thanks for coming <laughs> back, guys. I know that last one, you were like, what's the end? This is the end. They're like, we're getting the fuck up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, we just started talking about, we were you know, talking about some of our favorite shows that we're watching yes. and movies and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but for me, you know, watching TV kind of, you know, is, is has always been something that's just really close to my heart kind of thing. Because um, when my parents were busy running their lives, right. they was like, hey, go watch TV. And I was like, all right. So, you know, so, but for me, um, I, the white people that I grew up with, um, Mary Tyler Moore, Dick Van Dyke, uh, The O.C., for, well, once I got older, right, and, right, right. Um, Boy Meets World, mm -hmm. Lucille Ball, uh, Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie, uh, Bob Newhart, all great American white people. <laughs> all, all the Naked Night shows. <laughs> Naked Night was my shit. <laughs> Dragnet. Can't miss. Dragnet. Bro. Oh. Uh, I did watch Roseanne, but it was, I mean, it came on after Fresh Prince, so I, I was like in black mode. So I was like, <laughs> you're not the same. So anyway, um, but with, like with with all that in context, you know, as I got older, it was interesting to you know see this other side of white people, right? And and seeing that, you know, like, okay, well, I didn't know Corey from Boy Meets World was racist. Like, what the hell's going on? Mm -hmm. um, so, if you guys could be the, the two white people in the room, mm -hmm. what happened to the great American white people I was promised <laughs> as a child? <laughs> Here we are. Uh, <laughs> it's like present. Okay. We're the only ones left. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> Real talk though, we, my wife and I re-watched Boy Meets World, and if that is not the most like melodramatic show, yeah, it is. Corey and Topanga breaking down relationship issues at nine years old. Yeah, let's work this out. Okay, you're, we're not communicating enough. Like, right, I'm trying to say something, and you're talking about something else. Right, but see, I think all those shows show families in like wholesome family situations. Mm. And I'm going to go ahead and be bold and say, like, in a way, it kind of, like, whitewashed mm. a lot of people's minds about, like, this is the way white families operate and how they are. Mm. We never really saw in any of those shows, like, a black family. We saw Family Matters. Right, right. 
and there's probably a few others, but I don't know, like, if there's one thing that I do miss, it's seeing those kind of shows like, like Step by Step. Mm, growing Pains? Growing Pains, right? Like, there's a lot of, like, shows where it showed, like, combined families, like, I don't know, like, but in my mind, like, those types of shows, um, I don't know, like, I love them too, so I really don't know either. <laughs> it's the same 1950s bullshit. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, white picket fence with the house with the nice yard that yeah. has never existed. Right, right. Like, but people just want to convince you it did. Mm-hmm. And I think you were, like, like, getting to that point, like, just the idea that you know, they, they never really told, like, the true story of actual families, you know. Um, like, you know, black families is its own conversation, but, you know, it's, it was always, like, just this, this is the story that, it was probably the story that white people tell their kids about how life is, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and, you know, not including racism, not including, um, you know, the drunk uncle that, you know, beats his wife or something like that, mm-hmm. and, and just those other authentic Interactions between an actual family. So, as someone who didn't grow up watching any of these shows, like at all, you missed um, out, man. one, we didn't have cable. Uh, two, uh, my mom, yes, I was. <laughs> two, my mom, she just wasn't really. She worked a lot, and so she was always had us in activities. So we didn't have a lot of time, like in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. One, because one shit on, you know, PBS all the time. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we would like do stuff as a family, like like watch TGIF because you can see like those on like regular stations and stuff like that. But my question is, you know, so seeing all of those white families and how like they were depicted on television, did any of those parallel your families? Was it mm-hmm. relatable? Was seeing that stuff relatable? Not really, like okay. I mean, because it just. No, I, would okay. just, I mean short answer. Okay. No. Okay. But I did like learn things from right, the right, show. Right, right, like there's right. always like an issue or a character issue at hand right. that, like the the wise father will come in and or like the innocence of a child will mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. bring light to it. So I can say that I honestly like learned some things from these mm-hmm. shows, but no, in no way did they parallel my own life. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be real. I didn't watch it. Right, right, right. Shows. Same. So yeah, I don't. <clears throat> Sorry, I was more on the like Hey Arnold crowd. I mean, I watch Hey Arnold too. I, mean, I watch Hey Arnold too. PBS? Yeah, yeah. yeah PBS. That's, that's, that's uh, Sesame Street. Nickelodeon? That's cable. No, Nickelodeon Wait. was cable? Hey Arnold, hey Arnold, Arnold was on Nickelodeon. I, I didn't watch it. Uh, when he said Arthur. Oh, okay. Arthur. Oh, I didn't hear Arthur. Oh, I didn't watch yeah. it. Five to yeah, six, I never watched PBS. Arnold, that's all we had. I had Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. so like, <laughs> I grew up, so that's interesting because I know like as a, a black person, you know, because I've seen like bits and pieces of some of these shows, watching some of this, it's kind of like a window into like how other people are living. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder like, you know, is that, you know, factual? Because even watching the Cosby show or Family Matters or Fresh Prince, that wasn't my fucking family. Mm-hmm. Like we had our own like, you know, ways of showing love, but we also had like dysfunction that wasn't packaged. So mm-hmm. poignantly mm-hmm. in like some of these black sitcoms where like, yes, the conversation is meaningful, but it's also like at the end, it was still like a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Like not everyone got that. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's interesting hearing like, you know, how, you know, you watch shows like that and kind of like, you know, taught you stuff mm-hmm. or like it, it made you think of, you know, white people in a certain way. Like personally, my mom was very clear with us about white people. My mom, she's probably prejudiced. Uh, and she, you know, her, her father, my grandfather, um, he was, uh, he's half black, half white. And um, his father raped his mom. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got white in our family. Mm-hmm. And so his dad was never around. His dad, um, her, her sister, my great grandma, her sister was, 
passing. She could pass. She married a white man for a better life because that's what a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. And then she she brought her family in to like cook, clean, you know, service the house. But you never told people that's my family right. because then that you know would besmirch whatever you know passing you're trying to do. And it was just very common for people to rape workers back then. Mm-hmm. So he raped her sister, not knowing that was her sister. She had my granddad, and they just never treated him well. Obviously, you're a product of a rape. That's its own trauma. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so we, I was never introduced to, like, white people as, like, pleasant mm. or, like, wholesome. Right. That's not what I thought. And so we just didn't, I guess, essentially prescribe to those kind of, like, ideals. Right. And so, no, I'm thinking about it. Maybe that's why this shapes a lot of the way I feel. I mean, possibly, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, um, uh, uh, I have, like, I think you know this, right? I have, like, a... a fair amount of non-black friends, mm-hmm. um, white friends specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think, you know, for me, I was always, I, I don't know, I think it, was, it started as like a curiosity kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And just like a, you know, I have this love of learning mm-hmm. character trait. So maybe that's another part of it. But also when I went to um, a, a white Catholic school for one year and then like left like the very next year, it was kind of like, oh man, like, like, What's what 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 else do you guys do? You know what I'm saying. So it's like just kind of gathering information about right, 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 a right. different world. Kind right, right. Of right. And I think it's natural to be inquisitive, like as you're younger. That's what for we sure. Learn. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, but right, and but now nowadays in present tense, there's like there's like a feeling of like, oh man, I don't want to be around white people, white people today, or I don't like, oh, I gotta go to work, I gotta like be mm-hmm. in this space mm-hmm. and put on this uniform of like whatever like uniform that is required that day mm-hmm. um and you know just to like exist yeah yeah. a lot of my friends will tell you just i'm naturally rebellious i always have been you know first you know i'm black cool and they're realizing like i'm gay and they're like you know i gotta you know fight some of the ignorant black people i definitely gotta fight society and some white people mm-hmm. and so like you just learn you know if you're gonna survive you gotta survive mm-hmm. like you get this in and so when we are in these environments where like microaggressions are happening or like I'm interacting like with white people certain kind of ways. A lot of my friends would be like, oh, Warren is definitely gonna say, I always say something. Mm-hmm. Like at the, you know, even consequences or not. And I know everyone doesn't have that privilege mm-hmm. or luxury or like care. Maybe I don't have like common sense in some situations because it probably has cost me promotions or jobs or like other things. But like, I just don't care because it's, it's exhausting mm-hmm. having to just- It's exhausting not saying anything. Not saying anything, mm-hmm. it's exhausting having to say something and I just rather just be like I'm not dealing with this mm-hmm. don't do that again if this is what y'all gonna do I can't do mm-hmm. this you know um, right. it's tough yeah interesting um, what else we got um, oh so um, we, we, we spoke earlier about the like the rioting and, and the protesting mm-hmm. but um, you know do you guys have any like thoughts as far as just you know I guess both of those, right? The writing, protesting, um, is there a difference um, in order to protest, you know, or in order to, does writing not mean protesting or vice versa? Uh, I would say, so throw looting in there as well. Okay. Uh, And I think there is a long history obviously that is bubbling to the surface in this exact moment in time and trying to uh so one of the conversations that i've been having with uh other white people is around one that violence doesn't 
delegitimize mm. the broader message and in fact is a sign of um, hostility and pent up anger directed at people of color, at black people. Mm. Um, and I would also say on the topic of looting in general, uh, there's a lot of different undercurrents in this movement. Um, one of which is like with all of COVID and everything and just in general, black mm -hmm. people from a socioeconomic level yeah. are already significantly worse off. Right. Like that just by the numbers. As soon as they were like, hey, it's affecting black people worse than white people, they're like, oh, okay, well, we probably good then. We probably open this state back up. Yeah, just, you know. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean no, no joke. I mean, yeah. Yes. That was yeah. the vibe. Well, yeah. And one of the things was, Part of the reason that people are speculating that we open the state up is so that we don't have to pay unemployment. Mm -hmm. That part. Right? Correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So. Um. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. I really appreciate that perspective. I feel like a lot of, because um, I'm on Twitter, so I'll be reading the comments. People have lots of things to say about looting, protesting, rioting, this and that. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. Mm. If you're not burning down black businesses, cool. Cool. Throughout history, white people have looted, stolen, mm -hmm. taken, erased, reclaimed, done all kinds of shit. Mm -hmm. Th historically, to like globally, globally. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you have a problem with people tearing down shit, oh Lord, and I burn down a Target where I'm gonna get my lamps. Fuck Target. Okay. Fuck a lot of these corporations that didn't give a fuck before that you on this trend now. Fuck that shit. I am so sick of people getting distracted from the bigger message. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. You pick and choose what you want to use to support your argument. Mm -hmm. I can't support Black Lives Matter because I don't support people stealing. Mm -hmm. I can't support Black Lives Matter because they beating up on cops. I can't support, you know, black people because, you know, it, it uh, when That's you do all that other stuff, it legitimizes, disgraceful black, it legitimizes everything that, uh, see, y'all awesome thugs, y'all are this, y'all that. Mm -hmm. Fuck mm -hmm. all of that shit. Yeah. Okay? Because you are so lucky that black people do not do all the things that they are so entitled to doing. For sure. You are so lucky that we choose to try to be peaceful mm -hmm. because to be honest, ain't no peace. We mm -hmm. don't have to do that. Right, because like there's, there's, there's always this message of like peace, but only when we're doing it. Right. You know, like there wasn't a message of peace to the police when you know they murder black people mm -hmm. um or these white protesters or, the, or the white weapons yeah yelling at cows. Mm -hmm. i didn't see one we, person get tear gas because they can't them. go to the grocery store without a mask on like you're gonna like go to the capitol in a pandemic with ar-15s mm -hmm. like what like what is this what what in, in what world is one okay but one person saying hey they're killing me and people that look like me i'm gonna start defending myself mm -hmm. Okay, well y'all got y'all got to just follow the rules at some yeah. point. Like, okay, yeah. well, what the fuck, you know? Right. Um, Those are symptoms of a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. If you were having a headache for a week, you would go to the doctor to try to figure out what the fuck is going on because you know something is not right. Mm -hmm. Anytime there's a symptom, you want to address the larger problem. Do not get distracted by symptoms. Right. There is a larger issue that people need to be focusing on, mm -hmm. and I'm just mm -hmm. I'm tired of it. I don't I don't care about people robbing Gucci. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gucci just had a fucking blackface fucking sweater. Out here, like it wasn't no fucking problem. Yeah. Like I didn't hear shit then. But there's like people, there are black people that are like, oh man, like you know, why are they going to the Gucci store? That's messed up. They shouldn't be doing that because in their mind, they're embarrassed that black people are doing this mm -hmm. instead of being angry that the like in this in the same way that I'm talking to white people and saying I don't give a shit about you know um, now 
Okay, let me organize my thoughts. I don't like, in the same way. I don't give a shit about like Target in that way, and you know the writing of that because before that, a black man died. Mm-hmm. So that other stuff can be replaced. The mm-hmm. CNN yes. logo can be replaced. Yes. Um, it was replaced the very next day, also immediately. So <laughs> all this stuff is just stuff. So and then, but number two, you know, people talk about all these other symptoms, and but we also have to keep in mind that there are people that are willing to take advantage of black mm-hmm, people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the black people's message and saying like, oh man, black people protesting, I'm going to go down there, bust a window mm-hmm. so that one, everybody can just start going into this place and looting. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm going to just, I just want to see the world burn. You know, right. I just, I want to just fight the police for a little bit because I'm bored in the house, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I want I want to just uh, right. spray BLM mm-hmm. and walk away on a black business. Like nobody does and, that. And I know ultimately because it won't affect me. Because to be clear, it, it, it won't affect me. Just black people doing the looting, right. the protesting, and the rioting. It's not just us. Mm-hmm. There are mixed crowds. Okay, mm-hmm. to right. be clear. Right. So you know cut that narrative. Cut it. Right. I don't care about none of that shit. We get distracted. Um, That's just my opinion. My- so last thing on it, Do you think? my my response to people who bring that up is just to send the video of Floyd getting murdered. Like, yeah, that's th- true. This is this, this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what true. What else matters? Right. Yeah. Right. So how, I mean, how do you feel about like the hundred black men like at Camp Creek who like came out and was like stood outside the target and was like, y'all ain't gonna burn this down. You're mm. not gonna loot this. I don't have a problem with that either because I think there is there's like there's a, there like. I'm not saying I want all that stuff to be to happen. Thanks. I don't like. I'm not saying that I want. Like, I go to Target. I get lamps. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh man, now I gotta go to the other Target. Uh, I did actually. <laughs> but like, but the thing is, like, I can't. I I personally have chosen not to to um, like chastise people. Mm-hmm that are at a point of rage because I know that you cannot con- like one you can't control rage and that's what the, the that's where everybody else is that that, that were at that, that are at the protest not even to mention that I've spoken with people that were at these protests and they were saying that the protesters were peaceful in the beginning and then the police start antagonizing and there are some people that think that there are undercover cops that throw rocks or implant these bricks in that situation. They're definitely planting the bricks. They're definitely planting the bricks. Because, and, the re- and if you think about that, once they, once we acknowledge that they are willing to go that far, then, like, that's why I was like, okay, well, this whole shit's a wrap because they're just planting bricks so that people can throw bricks and then the police was like, look at what they've done. They burned down the Minneapolis Police Department. We've got to bring in the National, uh, Martial Law and the National Guard. Because they're, they're like they're willing to like it's a chess game, right? Not to sound you know uh, that way, but it's like it's they're making moves because like they've been preparing for this kind of stuff mm-hmm. because they're systematically are in control of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, telling black people, hey, if you just you know go to school and um, you know get your registration and your driver's license, mm-hmm. you know you can live like a true-blooded American like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Lies. Lies. Yeah. Yeah. I bet I, when it when it first like started going down, like I actually, I actually was worried because in my life, like I have to take a lot of what's happening and then go back to my people mm. and translate it for them. So I, I already know that the white people, most that I know, are going to work on the narrative of fear towards blacks. 
that they already see him as violent. So these acts are just going to be seen as violent. It's going to be the same old story. Mm. However, I've been really pleased, not only with the friends I have in my hometown, but my parents as well, who have seen through that smoke mm. and see that, no, 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 this is just a subterfuge by this system to get you away from the real issue. Mm-hmm. So I'm just happy that like that worry has like recently been assuaged for me. So so where where have you come from? Where do I come from? Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> I come it's from. two questions. Like what city did you like grow up in? And then two, like what like what was the thing in your life to where you like have kind of become yourself as far as your relationship with black people, right? Because you said you're uh, married to a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, was that the first black woman that you had dated? Yes, because from my hometown is Cleveland, Georgia. It's a, okay. it's a small mountain town that's like next to Helen. If you ever been up to Helen, um, it's mostly white people. There are a few um, black communities um, in the area, but for the most part, like, there's really there's really not. Okay. So, my narrative is that. My dad was one of two bank presidents in this small town. So I've grown up the son of privilege um, to the utmost extent. Mm-hmm. The car that I drove in high school was my dad's bank car. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like that. Right. Um, so really, my wife was actually like one of the first... She not only was like one of the first girls that I talked to when I went to college UGA, but she was definitely one of the first black girls that I, that has ever like really spoken to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be even more frank, like when I met her, I said, "Wow, I didn't know they looked like mm-hmm. that," right. mm-hmm. because the pictures that I had in my mind and the narratives that I was given mm-hmm. growing up, it just I just didn't have one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents didn't associate with black people. I mean, for whatever reason that is, Mm -hmm. that's another discussion for them. But yeah, from that point forward, like, um, and my wife will tell you, like, I actually didn't go for, even though we kind of liked each other because of that initial fear. Mm. There's no way. Fear of rejection? Fear of how do I do this? Okay. Mm -hmm. Am I like, I think I like, like, am I, am I ready to be out in public with a black woman? Like, mm-hmm. and even taking her out on a date was different. Mm-hmm. Just had a different feel. So, I can't really say, like, she, she, like, was my ticket in and, like, we dated and I somehow, like, mm-hmm. developed this identity. No, no, no. It was, it was nothing like that. Right. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the irony. She really was, like, the first black woman that I ever really spoke to okay all right uh chris have you dated black women before i have not okay you should man uh he's married, married. <laughs> <laughs> love you honey <laughs> That's why love like, you babe the hell going out so you you're from the west coast i am from the west coast so i know so i um the first time i had ever been to like the west coast was when i got a job um, a couple years ago in san francisco it was it was like an interesting like uh, experience because the West Coast is very different from the South. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm from Atlanta, been here my whole life. Um, white people out there are different. Um, have you personally like what is what are conversations around race like like for growing up uh, out there? Uh, so 
maybe a little background about mm -hmm. the environment I grew up in. Um, I actually am half Asian, so mm -hmm. I actually grew up in a biracial family. Okay. Um, the high school I went to was 40% Asian, five black people mm -hmm. total mm -hmm. in the entire school. Um, so not a lot of black people in mm -hmm. my life. Like mm -hmm. that's the friends every once mm -hmm. in a while throughout the years, but no. Same thing in college, went to school in LA, um, where again, not a lot of black right. people. Uh, and so it's from a progressive mindset, there is a lot of talk around the need for equality, um, but it is, in my mind, large, largely talk. And not that you, it isn't something that you want, mm -hmm. but you have no method of achieving that. Mm -hmm. You have no context in which to build it in because it's not a part of your community. Mm -hmm. right. 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 It's just an abstract. You're talking about theoretically. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like uh, I, I will actually. I came to Jamie's birthday party two years ago. Yeah. When was that? Mm -hmm. uh, first party I've been to where I was in the minority mm -hmm. in terms of white people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just like, I mean, of course that's something that you notice. Mm -hmm. right? right, right, right. Um, yeah. and, and so it's mm -hmm. something where you don't have to, you don't have to put into practice the things that you think mm -hmm. when you're in a community that is completely homogenous mm -hmm. like right. you. That's right. Yeah, right. that's right. And I think that like kind of, you know, kind of sheds light on or like your um, your person being you seem kind of comfortable. You and uh, Eva seem like comfortable at that party. You remember that party? Yeah. Um, uh, great party, by the way. It was yeah. Murder mystery. Uh, so much fun. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, being comfortable around. Uh, other black people or in, being comfortable while being the minority mm -hmm. uh, in that room, right? Um, but other people, other white people um, wouldn't be as comfortable. At all. You know? Um, they would be very, like, apprehensive to, like, have conversations with mm -hmm. um, black people or just, just that the feeling of discomfort. Um, not realizing that black people, you know, unless they are only around black people all day, you know, they have that feeling when they go to work, mm -hmm. when they um, go anywhere else, when they're talking to the police, you know, mm -hmm. that feeling of like, oh man, most people in this room don't uh, look like me or mm -hmm. even have any kind of context of like my life, you know, mm -hmm. um, or like, how was my weekend? Well, you know, it was crazy, but you know, let's not get into it, you know, because you're not going to Right, like, why, why do you even really care? I do have a follow-up question. Please. So, um, knowing that you grew up in a biracial home, um, that you're half Asian, how do you feel about the model minority? Have you ever heard of that? I have not. So the model minority is what a lot of people would consider Asian people to be. Mm. They are accepted by white people as almost being the same. Mm. And they say that like Asian people are like the type of minority you should aspire to be like. Like that is like the concept of the model minority. Mm -hmm. Now, um, there's an episode, there's a show called Insecure um, where there's an Asian character and um, uh, a black woman and they're dating. They're in a relationship together. And um, she, he wants to introduce her to his family, so they fly out to go meet his family, and she gets to meet his brother and his wife, and they're all talking. And another scene happens where the black woman's going to get a towel, there's a white couple in front of them, they give her, they give the white people the towel, and then when she walks up and asks for a towel, the worker goes, I'm going to need to see the room card before I can give you a towel. And she's like, you didn't ask to see these white people's room card. Right. And she's like, it's a policy now, I'm just doing my job. 
And the character model, she got angry. Andrew, who's the Asian guy she's dating, his brother walks up and is like, here's, here's my room card. And she snatches the towel and walks away. When she get, they get back to the pool and Molly's like talking to Andrew and she's like, he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, just some racist shit. And he's like, yeah, I get it. And his brother started to say, well, you know, are you sure that like she was being racist? Like maybe she was just, you know, doing her job. Maybe she would have got fired. And Molly was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, that's mm-hmm. what was going on. And he was like, well, you know, just playing devil's advocate like that. And so then they got into an argument, and she was like, well, you're like the model minority. You don't get it. And he was like, you don't think I experienced racism? And she was like, yeah, but it's like different. You you process it differently. And it caused a really good conversation that I think a lot of people started having about, like, interracial, like, relationships between minorities. Yeah. Um, and, like, how, like, we sometimes do not see each other as having the same struggles, mm-hmm. you know, and we invalidate that. And so I just didn't know if like that was something. So I, I would say being Asian, so statistically, mm-hmm. Asians make actually like 140% of white people. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about racism coming from a place of privilege and power, mm-hmm. hard to, like you have a right. lot of privilege and right, power right, right, in that right. situation. Yeah, yeah, um, right. and, and to your point, like I have never, so, I see myself as, I guess, a white person or Asian person, mm-hmm. depending on the situation. Right. But they kind of are the same in my mm-hmm. mind. There's no uh, differentiation between the two, which I think, to your point, there hasn't really been any uh, disadvantage right. to mm-hmm. it. Right. Like, you like you don't feel you have to like switch identities or you know switch mm-hmm. change up at all. Not really. Not really. Uh, yeah. No. Not really. Like because I think in uh, so I work in tech too. Mm-hmm. Working in tech, lots of Asian people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, I, I have never felt out of place actually until <laughs> uh, until I moved here actually, which was the first time I ever had someone comment on my race, mm-hmm. where I had someone ask me like what I, the, what here, I was here in Atlanta. Here in Atlanta, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in my building actually that well, I live in currently. Um, which was the first time that I, well, <laughs> right. and it was to your point though it wasn't a like hey I need to see your right, keys right, 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 right. it was just a what are you yeah, curious yeah mm-hmm. which um, still weird mm-hmm. still off putting and, and I think um, the exoticism or mm-hmm. whatever the, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, word, bro. so it was definitely a weird experience but again it, it doesn't hurt me right right it, it's just weird so it's, it's kind of interesting you know hearing that because i think about it you know um from my own perspective and you know we talked about the the switch right um and you know thinking about that you know there are black people that decide to code switch whenever we go to work whenever mm-hmm. we interact with people with just a different uh, people, because we there's this feeling that we talked about it before, mm-hmm. but we can't bring our full black selves to work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, you coming to my party probably saw me in a different light, and as far as interacting with my friends and everything, than you would see me at work yep. um, interacting with you know all my white coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so you know, so it's interesting hearing that you know there's when with the whole Asian biracial, there's no disadvantage. And, and you know not seeing a difference in the two of them mm-hmm. um, but you know if I didn't or if yeah person first person if I didn't like code switch sometimes then there is definitely disadvantages mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, which yeah. you know 
it's, that, it's shit, that shit break my heart to see, man. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, re- it really does, man. Like, when I have to go with my wife to her, like, work functions and stuff, I'll never forget it. One time we went to, like, this fundraiser at a private school that she was attended to. She's only, like, definitely one of few, not only black women, but, like, people of color. Mm-hmm. And, like, man, to see her change up like that, like, mm-hmm. that shit broke my heart, man. Like, Did you have a conversation with her? Yeah, I cried. I cried. Did she not even? <laughs> did she not even realize that she had? No, she. Oh, I she mean, realized. I mean, she knew. Like, she know the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she a true black woman. Like, she's DeKalb County. Like, she do her thing. So, you know, MLK High. You know what I'm saying? Like, but to see her have to give that up, like that essence, mm-hmm. so that you don't see me as threatening. Like, mm-hmm. now I'm telling you, man, I, it tore me up. Like. Um, on the way home, like I couldn't, I had never really like seen it to that degree, mm-hmm. and that's and that's what troubled me. So, and it's and but it's, I appreciate you seeing that, by the way, because yeah. you know you could have easily been like, oh, that she talked different. She's just today. behaving appropriately. <laughs> also, know, that's what they think. Yeah, that's yeah, mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a professional yeah, way professional. of speaking. That's mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. But yeah. it's just Uncle Tommy, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it's all that shit mm-hmm. is, and all that does is like feed into. Mm-hmm that white sense of power yeah. the fact mm-hmm. that like you have to give yourself up to be around me mm-hmm. survival right mm-hmm. and yeah. i was thinking about the um interview that you're talking about um trina yes and how like that's mm-hmm. all she's doing yeah, like absolutely. whatever whatever she has in the background she's not going to give up that social situation mm-hmm. so i'm going to uncle tom this mm-hmm. interview mm-hmm. so that i can go back to that space mm-hmm. and they can good job girl yeah. you said the right thing right yeah. And, and which is shocking me because I'm like, girl, you ain't got no white hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trina, I, I, I ain't uh, never heard your, your CD being bumped. I didn't mean to bring her back Trina again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine because I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Okay. It's a sensitive subject, man. She yeah. told me I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to be the baddest uh, me? Come on, man. But yeah, no. So that's interesting. Thank, thank you for opening up about yeah. it, both of you. Yeah. So, so there is one conversation I would like to like bring up because... Um, in this interracial, interracial um, you know, conversation, and that's the idea of, uh, you know, sometimes when you have white people hanging around um, uh, black people, right? Sometimes they're seen of, seen, seen of as like less than, um, and you know, they'll be. What you mean? So they're, they're like whether they people will call them like white trash mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. just associating with like black people or uh, and 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 so there's like a so there's that kind of conversation mm-hmm. and um, just the idea that um, so I'm, I'm j- kind of just curious as to all the different nuances and maybe like other struggles that might occur um, being in a interracial relationship does that make sense. Like even if it's like from the black community, um, which I'm sure there's like probably some there could be some hostility that you may have like felt, um, or whether it be from white people or white people. Uh, so is that is that? It question makes sense. Okay. Like I mean, from from my standpoint, like the mo- and I've had you know, I would say the most that I get walking into a party is just confusion. Mm-hmm. What you like? What What are you really what's, doing what's here? What's going on with this guy? Because I just know, <laughs> I just know for white people, it's like an achievement to get that black friend. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I got like, one. It's like a merit badge. Now I'm not racist. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, um, 
I think walking into that situation, I can feel those eyes. And I mean, I'm comfortable with myself to where I find the humor. Right, right. Because, right. like, some people look at me with those eyes, like, um, so, I bet you're so proud of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hi. <laughs> How are you? How are you but, doing? But you did you, it. But you, <laughs> that's real. I'm guilty of that. I remember the first time I met Wes. Mm. And I remember you invited him over. It was a men's cookout. Yeah, yeah. you described exactly yes. what you just said to me. And I remember <laughs> when he walked in, I was like, like, hello. Then I was like, oh, hello. And then, like, I was mm. immediately, I was very, like, observant. Immediately. Yes. I was like, I need to be very observant. But then, you know, he sat down and he, you know, pulled out the, you know, edible refreshments. And, you know, I was like, those herbal refreshments. So I, I peeped that like, when you did it, too. You were, you were, I was watching him. I was like, okay, look at the technique. I'm seeing that. I'm, 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 I'm analyzing He came in. He was like, he was like, peace off. He was like, right. And I was like, I was like, I was like, hey, this one. Real. Oh, pull up a chair, my brother. Right. Like, Y'all play spades. Y'all play spades. No, I didn't play spades. I was like this. <laughs> but see, what, see you just trying to include me in the spades. Right. Like, you play spades. Like, like, I, I, <laughs> I cannot play that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but even like with Chris, I remember meeting Chris and I made a comment to Jamie when we were talking about doing this episode. And I was like, I want Chris and Wes on the episode. I said, particularly because just meeting you just felt very genuine. I said, but Chris in particular, when he walked into a situation, where he was the minority, it did not make him change. Mm-hmm. He didn't act. You just were right. like very yourself. Awkward. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, but it was great. Like he didn't try to leave <laughs> early. You didn't like, and I think it was the Halloween party. Your wife didn't even come. Oh, it, was bro, just, they, it was just you and you were like oh, chill. Yeah. And I was like, and so me and my friends were like, we really like Chris. I was like, Chris is cool as hell. So yeah. We were just talking about how white people leave early when they get there. No, when they get a purple. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like oh, bitch, leave early. And that was my thought. I said, he don't leave early. And then I was like, you just stayed and kicked it and talked. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Once yeah. once they've had the conversation with Jamie and maybe somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, man, how's it going? Okay. Yeah, man, I, yeah, yeah take care of your party. Talk All right, man, we did that thing. So you want to wrap it That's the okay. most important part of this to me. Probably going to start shooting each other in a minute. All right, dude, we got to get out of here. I don't. I don't want my wife to have to change up who she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true diversity in the workplace. Like, right. I swear to God, we see mm-hmm. the black person mm-hmm. walk in, we go, okay, we we got the quota, mm-hmm. so therefore we're not legally right. liable. Yeah. Right. But true diversity is actually being who you are in those spaces, mm-hmm. and. Again, it's exciting to see that white coworkers of my wife are, are reaching out and talking to her. The conversations are a bit fun, funny to me because they're like kind of those first conversations you have with that black, mm-hmm. one black friend. But they're still happening. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, like, I just want to live in a world where you can come to a party and be yourself. I can come to a party and be myself. And that's mm-hmm. true for everybody. Right, right, you know right. right. And I, I think something that's important in what you just said is like diversity is more than just presence. Mm-hmm. It's more than just having people. Because, you know, I can go to any room, but am I my full black self in that room? Mm-hmm. Uh, and do I feel comfortable enough to where I can be my full black self? Mm-hmm. Can you be go to a room and, you know, not just like, hey, we got, we got gay people that work here. Yeah, but like, does he feel comfortable to be his full mm-hmm. self in that room mm-hmm. um, if the answer is no then that place is not diverse right. um, and, and that's the that's the idea of diversity that I think that we need to start you know thinking about and thinking about like as far as like what mm-hmm. the future we're trying to trying to bring and even there's just comment on diversity I went to one of the most diversity diverse colleges you know here and it was still racist that's what like diversity doesn't always equate to like inclusiveness mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah, like it equate to like you know 
accepting like that's not the same yeah like you know we can all be in a room be different that's a diverse room it's not the same thing and i think like it's important that we understand like diversity is not enough right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um so and speaking about um like colleges i think it's a, a good time to move on to our next topic Let's do it um so you know going to college uh you know there are parties there's drinking involved there's sometimes um libations etc uh and but um i think you know something that needs to be talked about more is like the the count the conversation that we've had i think season one season one wow um around consent yes and and kind of like what that means um because like i'll bring this up because recently there's been a number of um twitter accounts and just social media accounts that have come up that are expressing the story of um women that uh, kind of submit anonymously mm-hmm. their different um, uh, interactions with different men as and you know when they felt like they were sexually assaulted whether you know somebody groped them or you know pulled their dick out mm-hmm. randomly mm-hmm. Um, on some uh, Louis C.K. shit so I mean uh, and even to you know there are some women that have submitted stories um, about you know um, rape so yeah. and and those like violent interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to start with um, Warren as a question and in asking like as a homosexual male, well, one, what what do you what's your like I kind like kind of third person view at that right? Because you know we asked you know um, Wes and Chris mm-hmm. about you know their third person view on like race and everything. Mm-hmm. You know so like where do you come at that thought? You know when you're seeing you know, women tell stories mm-hmm. um, about men um, and how, you know, men are, you know, yeah. constantly sometimes just taking advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll start by saying this. Um, shout out to black women. You know, I try to do that like all the time. Shout out to black women. I love y'all. Um, black women like were the, some of my first like real friends, heroes, defenders, protectors. Because when you are the gay kid, like black women will typically keep straight you know, men from like harassing you or they'll stand up, you know, they'll, they'll do things like sometimes when you don't have the voice to um, stand up for yourself. And so like, I really have always gravitated towards like that kind of energy. And so like, I always believe the victim. I, I very am clear on like, I do not victim blame. I'm like, if something happened to you, I believe you. Mm-hmm. I do also understand within that there are people that lie that take advantage of that. And that hurts victims that hurts mm-hmm. like the messaging that they're trying to spread. Um, and I think as someone looking in, someone who doesn't like interact in like heterosexual like activity, I think historically men have always like in some form taken advantage of women. Women have always been the, the weaker, the lesser, the other, mm-hmm. um, mankind, you know, not womankind, you know. Um, and so like, I think that it's important to create safe spaces for people to be able to release stuff like that because you can't carry stuff like that around. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. It, it will, it's very toxic. Mm-hmm. While creating safe spaces, I think it is also important that you are looking out for the victim, but also the potential for other people to not be, like, to be victims. Because on one of those Twitter um, sites, there they posted, like, they're posting people's names and stuff like that. Pictures. And, yeah, pictures. Mm-hmm. And if you did that shit, fuck you. Oh, for sure. For sure. Just to be clear. Absolutely. But if that shit is not true, that is very hurtful to the victims, but to also to the the people that that is like alleged against. And so I just want to be very clear, like 
I am not here to say that those spaces should not exist. I am here to say that like they should be used responsibly. Right. And if you are someone who is out there that is lying about something like that happening to you, you should receive the same punishment that your attacker would. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think like like the 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 like there's all there's definitely a danger in in that right. And um, but like one of the other atrocities in like you know falsifying something like that. Um, like a, because it diminishes. Okay, I'm sorry. It threatens to diminish all the other victims of actual sexual assault mm-hmm. because you know every time for every you know one person that was falsely accused, mm-hmm. then there's you know a hundred that's going to be like. I mean, I don't know. What were you wearing that day? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what was the vibe like? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like just these kind of like terrible sure questions. Said no? These like, terrible questions. It's kind of like I'm, I'm thinking about like the um the. Uh, Andrew's brother in Insecure is like, yes. I mean, was it racist? Are you sure? She Did you get sexually assaulted? It's like gaslighting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there's that. But at the same time, you know, some of the stories I read kind of just broke my heart, you know, because like, you know, in the same way, like black women are amazing. Like they're already the most um, um, undervalued. Thank you very much. Underrepresented. Pick underappreciated. A, pick a most. Just take it. Pick a most. Yeah. Most educated yeah. also. Hello. Uh, I want to jump in so bad. But oh, you know, <laughs> feel free. Yeah. Well, one, Molly is a, they that that whole conflict between them right now mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. I think anybody who's watching Insecure. Are you a fan? Is, is spellbound by that. His wife, what? You know, like, but it, there's a lot of issues that go into that, right? A lot of issues right. of friendship. Right. And trust and right. everything. So I'm cheering on that friendship. I just want to say, burn it down. <laughs> he's like, he's like burn it down. and Issa. I just want. I just want that friendship to. But I re, even like. I'm glad y'all are talking about this because it's a release for me. Because mm-hmm. um, when my, my wife and I go out, like I know there's people that see me as the plantation owner. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that's like mm-hmm. when they see me, like oh he's. He's just exerting power. He's take it's a taken advantage of, and I even have to approach my wife's body, just her essence, with respect. I've had to kind of almost like convince my mind, like, check the phone. <laughs> Sorry. That we're still dating, mm-hmm. because so often as a husband, I've assumed that because you're my wife, well, now all bets are off. Right. And I can come up and touch you when you when I feel like it. I can do that. And I've had to check myself to say, your body is your property. It's your right. And now I've almost like gotten to a point where like I'm asking like, is it cool if I put my hand around you? Is, is that okay? And that's just such a, it's created like such a better vibe mm-hmm. with me and her because we hear about the victims, but like, man, I'm sure this happened in every single day. Yeah. Women's bodies just being touched. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I just, I just, you know, absolutely. Crazy. How do, what does justice look like for some of these women who haven't found it? Mm. That's a good question. That is a good question. What do you think? I don't know if I have a good answer. Like that's, I think you need a forum to your point. You do, you do need safe spaces. But Mm -hmm. the court of public opinion, opinion, Mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, Is at some point your option of last resort? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I, so, I can see that. Yes. So I think if I was to think about it and to, you know, try to brainstorm on, you know, that question, I would think of it in the same way, like, you know, what does healing for uh, the racial tensions in America look like? 
And I think, you know, the first thing is acknowledging it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, um, for some of these women that have been um, sexually assaulted, uh, you know, in, in their own, for them individually, I think, you know, the first thing is acknowledgement. Like, you need to acknowledge what you've done to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can go from there as far as, you know, repercussions or, and in an authentic way, not just, you know, apologizing on some of these social media things because, mm-hmm. you know, you look like a rapist on, on Twitter. Um, but, like, a genuine feeling like, like, oh, man, I don't have that permission just to peruse your body because mm-hmm. by definition it's your body mm-hmm. so yeah. I think that's like probably one of the first steps mm-hmm. we still like heterosexual men are stuck on to yeah but they're bitches mm. I think it's, it still sticks mm. like man I, mm. I can't tell you how many times like I'm mm. around men who are married or involved with with a girl in it like how quickly mm-hmm. that word mm-hmm. and that label come up mm-hmm. and it I feel like just from, it's really, I don't know, it's really on us. That's how I feel. It's on yeah. the bubble. Yeah. I, I think really it's like in, in those kind of, in, in those conversations or in those rooms, that's when we, we, the non, like, you know, whatever guys uh, saying like, hey man, I mean, come on, you know, just, just that little bit of like pushback and, and saying like, uh, bitches though, like. You know, there's something else. Because you know? what's he going to do? He's going to, like, really go in about, no, nah, man. No, nah, man. <laughs> we like have said, <laughs> they're actually bitches. <laughs> like, you know, but. Finish your burger. But, like, you know, once we start making it uncomfortable for, you know, our, our uh, like, you know, our brothers to be in the room, mm-hmm. if they want to be that person, then that's when we start changing what the room looks like. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. There was actually something around racist jokes, sexist jokes. Mm-hmm. If someone says one, make them explain it to you. Mm. What well, I don't understand. I don't oh, understand like, that don't joke. Get the joke. Can no, you can no, you explain no, no. why that's funny oh, to that'd me? Be funny. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's funny. No. Yeah. I'm I'm not stopping until you. Explain I'm an intelligent it. person. <laughs> I can get this. I want to laugh. Just break it down right. to me, please. Um, and I mean, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um. So uh, also, don't rape. Just, just don't do that. Uh, I'm telling y'all to cut that shit out. Just, this, just come this, on, guys. This is, this is, we've said this before, right? Fuck. They, like, we said it before. And we yes. Did? Okay, they still... Okay, all right. Well, yeah. just, just don't rape again. Well, just don't rape. Uh, don't grab again. people's bodies. And, you know, if you do because you forgot what I just said, um, you know, just... just I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have to say everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it this way. Don't do things to women that you don't want a man to do to you. Period. That a threat? No, seriously. Just oh, think about yeah. it like that. Like, cut that shit out. Yeah, like, true. straight niggas love to be like, no, I would that. Don't tell. Don't tell. Hey, they're better. If you were to run, okay. Women feel the same way. Okay, cut that shit out. Yeah, even more mm-hmm. so. I, so I, I find myself actually, you know, just kind of extend this conversation a little bit, but um, I find myself, you know, sometimes being more mindful that um, women are rightfully afraid of men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just you know. From Jump Street, right? Because you know, there's crazy. There's so many things, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, in dating, you know, I'm you know, usually not as, uh, like, I want to say like aggressive or forward. Like I'm aggressive and forward when you know I understand you know it's a place to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, even in sex, like uh, I've learned that you know actually like having those those verbal conversations, like, 
hey, is it cool if we go here or, you know, <laughs> something like that? Now, I'm not going to do this because, you know, we're obviously just here. But, uh, but, but yeah, so, like, just being more mindful in that and, you know, that once I, you know, once I am granted that permission um, that you were just saying, you know, the, the connection is just a little more stronger mm-hmm. because now, you know, she feels like, okay, before I wasn't sure, but now like, yes, I'm making yeah. this decision. Cause now there's respect. There's respect. Right. That's all people want. Respect yep. me. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I feel like you want, I don't know, like you want the woman to guide you mm-hmm. in a way like where, like, which is better? Like you mm-hmm. going and putting your arm around her or like your girl coming up and like cuddling up next mm-hmm. to you. That's like, you can't beat that shit. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I got it. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did good too. <laughs> I want to get on that so bad, man. Which one right here? That white shit. We're no. I'm, really, I'm sorry. I do well, know. spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, y'all, don't y'all do it? We weren't going to do white shit today, but I guess <laughs> we'll just go ahead and uh, let's do what Wes wants to do. This is his podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm here to exert. Uh, speaking of white shit, Black Lives Matter. Um, the there's a uh, there's a a movement. A you know because of the current times, a lot of corporations are starting to acknowledge Black Lives Matter. One of those being the NFL. Um, the Jordan brand has uh, donated like I think a hundred million dollars to. Um, I don't know about specifically Black Lives Matter, but you know just that cause and just a lot of um, we're even seeing like um, in. I think Apple Music, they, you know, put up Black Lives Matter on, you know, when I'm trying to listen to some to some music. And I think, you know, all their playlists were just, you know, black music mm-hmm. for like, you know, a day, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have any? Yes, you do. Okay. Um, being a trendy activist is easy. It's easy when it's trendy. It's easy when it's the thing to do. It's easy when you're afraid that it's going to, you know, threaten your profits, your, you know, your margins. I think it's easy. I want to see real action. Perfect example, Bank of America, I don't remember the amount, they donated some amount to um, uh, black organizations and then a financial analyst came out, he was like, the money that they have donated is just the money that they charge people in overdraft fees for one year. Mm-hmm. It took mm-hmm. nothing from their capital. Mm-hmm. So that is not money that they gave. That is money, that's your money mm-hmm. that they already took from you. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. That's not real activism. Yep. That's not real charity. Target also mm-hmm. did something similar, I believe, too. That, that's not real. Lego, perfect example. Lego, they came out and they were like, they made a statement. The very the similar. Toys? Yeah, Lego the toys. They took all of their police offers to serve Legos off the shelves. You can no longer buy them. Then they donated money to black schools for children who live in uh, communities that don't get the proper money because they live in communities where the property taxes are low Mm -hmm. to like reinforce education and learning for children who, uh, you know, don't get the same like uh, opportunities that, you know, their Mm -hmm. richer or white counterparts like that is how you impact mm-hmm. racist structures. Yeah, yeah. That is actionable, mm-hmm. you know, things that like show real activism. Right. I mean, I, I want to see more than anything because the white agenda is moved with money. Mm-hmm. And I feel, on not to take away anything from Lego, mm-hmm. but at this point, it that doesn't satisfy me. What mm-hmm. I want to see you do is actually go have a conversation in a forum with the leading members of that school, mm-hmm. of that community. Mm-hmm. I want you to actually sit down at a table and look work. at them as a mm-hmm. human being, right? Do the work. Mm-hmm. Do the honest to God, tangible work that yeah. I can see. 
because money can be pushed. I mean, what do you know what's going to happen with that money? You know, right, yeah, right. The pessimist in me says that it's the financially responsible thing for these corporations to do. Oh, yeah. Is to give that money because it will lead to returns. Because if they appear to not support those movements, then they're going to die in the court of public opinion. They're going to die in the, yeah, and people won't want to support your businesses. And so it's not just spending whatever some small chump change spend something significant Significant. do something significant and and i would actually say that i try and apply that myself where it's you can donate money but it's just money that's different than going out and protesting that's donating your time like actually having conversations with people to your point mm-hmm. it, it should cost you something to it support cost you something i think there's no better cost than time right mm-hmm. I mean, it is the top resource that we have mm-hmm. and i, I kind of just want to like comment on something like around the time uh i think um oh actually last friday the day of you know um the george floyd protests and like when all the um riots kind of start you know Escalating a little bit. Um, you had we, you and I were already scheduled like to meet up, right? And so yeah, came over with some brews, and um, you know we just kind of talked a little bit. Um, I really, I just want to say I really appreciate that, and for you coming over and just having that conversation because the conversation, like I probably talked like ninety percent of the time, and you know because a lot of mine was um, you know frustration, mm-hmm. anger, you know venting, also been quarantined, so it's like a whole thing. But like. Um, but also, but like with you just being there and listening and like, you know, realizing that, okay, I, this is an area that I'm not as knowledgeable in. So I'm just going to like hear what this person who actually is to get my own like frame of reference. Mm-hmm. That kind of conversation um, is like what you guys are talking about is the doing the work and just like figuring out like, okay, like, hey man, like not a text saying, how are you? Now, while that is fine, like I know that I know for a fact there's a lot of black friends of mine that had issues because you know they weren't seeing any of their white friends also come out and um, display uh, 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 disagreement with you know just how black people are being treated you know so to where to where people are angry with some of their white friends for their silence yeah. but and which you know myself included right so um so to just so i just want to acknowledge that and say like thank you for coming over and just Absolutely. you know being willing to have a conversation i know that probably wasn't even like your actual intent or something because we were just catching up yeah. right um, that was scheduled for like a week but um you know but you know once we did it was still you know appreciated and, and absolutely and i will say something in terms of you mentioned actually earlier the sympathy versus empathy mm-hmm. and very white. Uh, it, it is hard for me to empathize, easier to sympathize. Mm-hmm. Something in having that conversation, it hurts my soul because I, I adopt some of your pain. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I, I appreciate that. For sure. Big facts. Yes, yeah, I was just going to say, um, Onto like some some real white shit. Things that white people do. Um, I mean, we got other things. Yeah, yeah. What are you saying? Oh, you're right. What are you saying? No, no. I, I want to talk about the George Floyd challenge. 
Oh. Oh. Okay. Mm. Well, we're not that white. <clears throat> you know. You had said white. Y'all had said white. Well, he had just pointed to it. That's what I was saying. I wondered. Yeah. He was trying to. No. He was trying to. He was trying to use his white privilege to move the show. And I was like, it worked on me. I was like, I'm ready to talk about it. Like I said, like I was like this. No, but um, but one one other topic, real quick, that I want to get to before we do mm-hmm. white shit is um, audacious sports. Okay. Um, so audacious sports is a segment in which we just talk about you know something that happens in sports. Usually, um, sometimes it's me explaining a lot to Warren because he's mm-hmm. not a fan of the sports. No. Um, but today, <laughs> but today I think you're you know pretty knowledgeable All on right, what we're talking yes. about, uh, and specifically we're talking about the Drew Brees. Um, Fiasco. Uh, it's a it's a shit show. Really, is what no it is. No high for Drew. No. Um, <laughs> he, already, he already played for the Saints. You know. <laughs> right. Uh, so um, so it started out where somebody had asked Drew Brees a conversation um, about you know what are his thoughts I believe about kneeling about the kneeling and uh, and everything and he had already spoken about you know Colin Kaepernick previously and but and his message was the same when it came to. Um, I don't like his first response was I don't agree with any disrespect towards the flag, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, which nobody was talking about the flag. We were talking about black people getting shot. Like that was the thing. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, after the entire um, like interview, interview, um, people started you know attacking him, like the teams, not attacking, defending themselves versus Drew, mm-hmm. and defending like the actual um, meaning behind the protests and everything like that. Um, you got some ideas? Yeah. Um, so this is how I always feel about, you know, the flag. Um, and people be like, you know, people have fallen down. If you're not a veteran, shut up. Don't speak for me. Don't speak for people. This is difficult. Yeah, we just, we got like five minutes. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I apologize. No, that's okay. So yeah, so like, um, as a veteran, like, you know, if you ever personally been out there fighting the war, if you ain't never really done any of that shit, but you have all these feelings about the flag, shut up. Just stop. Like, you, you're not so passionate that you enlisted to go fight in America's mm-hmm. war. That's my first thing. Mm-hmm. Second, um, I love Malcolm Jenkins' response um, when he was like, you know, my you know, grandfathers and fought, they fought in the same war as yours did, but when they came back, they still had to fight racism. Right, right, right. They still had to deal with all these other things, a country that hated them. So once again, you're speaking from a place of privilege, okay? And I need you, it would have been so different if he had just said, you know, um, I understand why people kneel. I understand like this and this and that. But you know, for me personally, I just, you know, I'm not gonna kneel because to me it's disrespectful. I would have even like accepted that better if you had acknowledged why people were doing it in the first place. Instead, you know, you use the same rhetoric like, yeah, it's disrespectful, this and that. And so many military people have come out and said, actually kneeling is one of the most respectful Mm -hmm. things you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you're tired, Drew yeah. Brees. You're yeah. tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're actually pausing on what that flag means mm-hmm. to everybody to mm-hmm. live under rather than just putting a hand over the heart right. and reciting something that was told to you as a child. Period. Yeah. yeah. Just a little more reference there. Yeah. Um, good. Um, and, um, yeah, so one of the hugest stars, right, LeBron James, Use his platform to condemn Drew Brees immediately, mm-hmm. and had a picture of Colin Kaepernick with a picture of um, the cop that uh, kneeled on it, um, George Lloyd's neck, and he went in, and he went in right. And like, while I do not like LeBron James as a basketball <laughs> player, 
I am However, I, I I can I can do nothing but like appreciate and, and respect him as um, a, a leader in the community, but also like just somebody that is willing to have that conversation and to you know stand up for you know what he believes is right. With that being said, of the you know couple thousands of of rich black players, etc., this is one person, um, and of course there's like Malcolm. Jenkins. Jenkins and others that you know also speak, but uh, look at him knowing sports. Um, but also, uh, you know, you know that you know, if that happened more, like what else would happen, right? Right, right. Um, Real talk. So yeah. Uh, uh, Wes, what happened? <laughs> he disappeared. Ain't no strikes again. Damn it! The snaps. Thanos <laughs> um, has. A, oh, I'm sorry, Thanos. Uh, Wes had to leave a little bit earlier, so we're just gonna wrap up uh, this part of the. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Okay. Whoa, Wes! Where did Wes go? Damn, I'll strike again. Gosh! Damn soul stone. Um, Wes had a uh, had a. Check out a little bit earlier, but we're just gonna wrap up this show because we cannot do an episode of the Audacity Podcast without uh, talking about uh, Let It Burn. We just can't do it. We just have to say all the parts of the show. And you know what's funny about this is that I'm, I'm saying that, and Chris has a big guild. But an island? Yes, thank you. Uh, that <laughs> look on your face. <laughs> he does this every episode. Yeah. We're, we're doing white shit before we do Let It Burn. Okay, we gotta do it. There's enough white shit in the world. So to do it every time. time. <laughs> <laughs> said too much. <laughs> too much. So we're about to do white shit. Things that white people do. Because, I mean, white people be doing white they be doing shit. Stuff. They be doing stuff. Uh, you guys got any white shit in the world? Yeah, so I want to talk about it tonight. I want to do this quickly because it's actually very disgusting. And I'm not joking. I usually sometimes we try to make like, light of this. So there's um, something going around called the George Floyd Challenge, where okay. there are white okay. people. Let's just can we just stop yeah. there? Mm-hmm. No, okay, go ahead. Do you think? Where there are white people kneeling on other white people's necks, trying to like see, see, he didn't die. I'm kneeling on his neck. He's alive. It's disgusting. And if I see you doing it, please know we've been reporting your your social medias. Cut that shit out. There's a there's disagreement with somebody's protest. Mm -hmm. There's you know um, there's you know there's racism, Mm -hmm. right? And then there's just an indecency Indecency. that that kind of exists. And I've even seen stuff to where um, you know like now like some of these are teens. Like teenagers, but you know, some of them they'll like post on Facebook and they'll say like, "Oh man, you mean tell me that this nigga couldn't breathe?" Pointing at his nose and um, his lips, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Wow, this is still a person, a human being that actually did die. There are people that are still mourning him that actually knew him that will never see him again. See there's him. a decency that that is, is like like what's you know what what is wrong with you? The lack of compassion is astounding. So, you know, I get politics, I get perspective, I get opinions, I get, like, all of that. I'm not going to argue with nobody about, like, tragic loss and human decency. Yeah. If you don't get it, we don't have nothing to talk about. Right, because if, yeah, 
Yeah, so, uh, did West have any white shit before? He did! I heard him say something. Uh, I've been trying to tell a story. So before Wes left, he was selling so much shit. He's really excited about this. He said he was at a, a restaurant, and he said this um, white woman came in, and she was like, "Who the fuck escalators that outside blocking my car? Who the fucks?" And it's like, "Come to the front, whoever escalated is." And this white man stood up, and he was like, "That's my escalator." And she was like. Like she just knew it was a black man. Mm. She was so ready to like go in on a black woman. And then when she saw this white man was like, ah, that's my escalation. She was like, oh, uh, it's funny. Mm. Actually, it's, it's funny how you, the audacity, you just lost all your audacity. Right. You was ready. You was with it. You don't lost the audacity. You just ready to go in. <laughs> so you saw this white man walk up. You were like, I am so sorry. I no. did not know you were the owner of that <laughs> Escalade outside. Also, are you single by chance? I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm t- this is not how I am. I'm stressed. I'm just a little stressed. There's so much going on at work. I apologize for my, like, disgusting. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, any other white shit out there? You know anything? I'm good. I'm good. You good? I cried watching a... Space shuttle launch. So that is some white shit. Actually, that is some white shit. shit. That's, I'll say it. It's white shit. You know, uh, I'm glad you home did. <laughs> that's true. We didn't even like suggest no, that. It was great. not just me, but it was all my white friends. Oh, <laughs> was there like a group chat? Yeah. Or something? Nice, nice. Like, did you say they made it? That's crazy. NASA, do better. Okay, private companies. What are you doing, NASA? They make you look bad. They could have sent one black person. Up there. Something. Look, we don't want to. Nah, ain't no black people up there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's in space. Y'all come back in the space. Space not lit until there's a small black population <laughs> in which we can all. Black population. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, now is the time for our Lady Burn segment. But before we do, more, um, could you tell the audience, new and old, yes. on um, where they can reach us and some other things? Yes. So um, you can reach us at the Audacity J M E and Warren. That's our IG. You can reach us at our personal IGs. Warren's World eighteen. Uh, Sage, mm, say less, James. Say less, James. It's new. I'm still getting used to it. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook at the Audacity Podcast, um, which we might be deleting. Um, you can also catch us on Twitter at the Audacity Podcast. That's our Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and so this Let It Burn segment is a time in which we let something burn and kind of like get rid of something and Warren has something else to say. I'm so sorry. We also have an email for those of you who have questions, you're oh, interested yeah. in like content, you want to do business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Audacity, Jamie, and Warren at Gmail. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, dot com. Dot com. Can't forget the comms. Um... <laughs> So, uh, the Let It Burn segment is a time in which we kind of just, you know, announce something that we're going to verbally kind of get rid of in our space. Um, and we, you know, just have like a, uh, today we have, I think we've had this before, mm-hmm. one of our favorites. That's a good one. Uh, mahogany, teakwood, high intensity. Get into it. All the things. So, with that being said, um, Warren, do you know what you're letting burn? Because I am not prepared. Yes. So, what I want to let burn this week, um, and I just kind of have like, some clarity, I decided this today, is um, some of my own prejudices against white people. I really want to try to be more, I speak a lot about like inclusivity, and I, about like how, you know, you shouldn't be judging people, and how people should just be allowed to show up as in full selves, and not be judged, and I 
definitely have some biases and things that I need to work on and a big part of like having um, you guys as guests was selfishly for me to kind of like get a peek behind the curtain because I don't really think we have enough transparent conversations um, with white people to, to just be honest and uh, this was actually pretty dope so I want to let that burn okay that's what's up um, speaking of come on flames oh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and let me see, today, uh, what's today, the 6th? The 6th of June? Yes. May 6th, 6th? Let me stay in the house. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> why would we just like, any numbers? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, but uh, today I'm letting burn uh, silence. And um, while I have changed my uh, Instagram handle to say less, Jamie, um, it's, you know, a complete difference from shut up, Jamie, obviously. Yes. But... Um, like saying something in in presence of all these different uh, like it, like if I think I'm, I'm, I want to let burn silence because anytime that there has been you know something going on you know not all the time do we always say something mm -hmm. right not all the time do we feel that we have enough knowledge or do we have enough um, um, uh, intelligence or the right words um, that we have to you know put. A, a message behind whatever it is that we're feeling and I think I need to you know stop trying to always say the right thing and just you know say something that there that way you know it can just be said in that way um, words right yeah <laughs> words I'm saying less <laughs> uh, so yeah so doing that and um, Chris do you have something that you'd like to let burn uh yes uh, I would like to burn my inaction, mm. um, and that is, uh, I think with everything going on in the world, it's easy to do nothing. It costs something to actually take part and stand with people, um, and I want to stand with people. Okay. Big facts. Nice. All right. And last but not least. We got to let it burn for this podcast, because the podcast is lit. Also, we have Audacity candles coming soon that you'll be able to purchase. Stay tuned for that so you can let it burn with us. We know you want a candle. Look. Look at this. Be lit. Look at this. Fire. Smells. Calm. Look how calm we are. This riot's on right there. On the outside. outside. On the outside. Not in here. On the outside. A candle. A raging fire. Thank you guys so much. We love you. We appreciate you tuning in to the special episode of the podcast. We encourage you to start having difficult conversations with people that you probably wouldn't. Um, and even like those that you would, like your family, your friends, it's important that you have these conversations in rooms where there are no black or people of color. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any last words? You good? Thank you for having me. Thank yeah, you. Thank you for being here. No real talk. No, thanks for letting yourself be had. <laughs> with consent, of course. <clears throat> <laughs> Seriously, thank you. Shout out to Wes. Shout out to Chris. Yeah. Shout out to Jamie. Shout out to Warren. Shout out to the Audacity. And shout out to you especially because we know that this is a very, um, it could be a very triggering conversation yeah. that we've had today. But, um, you know, just like it's triggering for us to defend ourselves, um, you know, it, it might have been necessary. So um, thank you. And uh, until the future.